Welcome to a special edition of the Channel 33 Podcast. I am Micah Peters. I'm a staff writer with The Ringer, and I am here with Lil Rel Howery, also known as Rod Williams TSA <laughs> from Get Out. How you doing today, man? I'm doing good, man. Good, good, good. I, I wanted to know. So you said in past interviews that you discussed, uh, you know, the, the, the concept for Get Out with Jordan Peele, like, at a house party, right? No, I wasn't at a house party. That's just being nice. We yeah, was okay. at the Steven Spielberg pre-Oscar party thing Ooh, he throws. Okay. Which was already a weird night, because I've never been around so many A-list people. Like, I had to go to the bathroom a couple times. Just be like, Wait, how did I get invited to this? <laughs> um, but, yeah, we sat there, and we just talked, man. And it's me and Jordan has had a couple moments like that where we just had these long, cool discussions, but yeah. that's the first time he brought up that he wrote a script called Get Out, and um, man, I, yeah, now we're here. <laughs> um, but you also said that like he sent you the script, and like immediately after you read the script, you were like, I need to do this. But I wanted to know, was there anything specific like in the script that you were like, this right here, the moment that you decided I'm gonna be Rob Williams? Well, this is the thing about it, like, with just the script in general, like, it was just like, guess who's coming to dinner mm-hmm. in real life to every all the information I got growing up <laughs> from family members. Like, do that if you want to. Uh, and I've never seen I've never seen anything like that. And then I thought, like, all the little stuff, it just reminded me of, of a bunch of different horror films. Mm-hmm. And that's when I looked at the script, I realized that, oh, this dude really is a fan. Like, cause, you know, sometimes people say they fans and stuff, and you're like, mm-hmm. all right. And then you look at the material, whatever they do, like, that don't match, bro. Yeah. But... It's actually an amount of He's a legit fan. You like see so many Night different- of the Living Dead and Rosemary's Hitchcock, Baby. And all Hitchcock. That's in yeah, it's all there. Yeah. Um, but also, a thing about your Rod Williams character is that, and you were talking about this just now, where you're saying that, like, all right, do whatever you want to. It's kind of like you are speaking from the audience's perspective, yes. where it's just kind of like you, <laughs> you talk about, like, all the myths about. What it what happens if you go to like white people's house and everything? I mean, Ron like- starts from the beginning. Like, it ain't too many characters that start from the beginning of the movie. Like, we've seen similar characters of what Rod is, like in Scream, right? Where yeah. you know he had all the information, but it was never nobody like just don't do it. Mm-hmm. Rod is the to me the first character I've ever seen a horror that was like from the beginning of the movie. It was like. I don't think you should be going. <laughs> it wasn't like a bunch of things happened. It was like, oh, maybe, no. I was like, no. Which is why, you know, at the, you know, at the end, whatever, that last line is just, it just makes sense. And that's why I love the character because it reminds me a lot of myself as far as like, look, I help people all the time, but I tell people, look, if you want me to help you, I'm going to keep it 100 with you. Because, you know, some people, especially if they messed up people, they always need money or something. Yep. They do not want you to call them on their crap. You yep. know what I mean? Like, they can't, they can't handle it. They get mad. You know, so I keep your $20. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> they don't want to hear the truth. <laughs> so my thing is this. If you want me to help you do anything, look, you know it's going to come with the truth. Which, actually, if you do that, people stop begging you for stuff. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> um, so... Uh, he was talking about the fact that you improvised some, and you were saying that when you were shooting, like, the first scene, when you were on the phone, uh, you know, playing with uh, Sid mm-hmm. and talking to him about, like, listen, I'm t- I, like, people get brainwashed. Like, I heard about all this other stuff, and you started going off of script. Was the the Jeffrey Dahmer thing? Was that, no, like... No, see, that's so funny. That was in it. It was... It's so funny you do things where you forget the exact line and mm-hmm. just play with it, which is why... I, 
one of the, the one of the things I did when he was like, okay, that's just Jeffrey Dahmer business, because it was I forgot what I was really supposed to say. Mm-hmm. Well, that's Jordan writing that Jeffrey Dahmer. I remember reading it like, you want me to say this? All right, well, <laughs> here we go. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah, that definitely amplifies it because it's just kind of like it's almost like you're getting so flustered that you can't remember what you're supposed to be saying. It's it's I was really in character, which yeah. is why like it's so funny. I saw an interview recently where Jordan said and he never told me this at first. But in an interview, he said, because they was asking about me and how he found me, he's like, well, when he wrote the movie, the voice he was hearing as he was writing Rod was me. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, man, why you make me audition if you wrote, <laughs> wrote <this? laughs> it's, it's, it's for me? Uh, but yeah, it's, that, that's why it's so funny, like, because people, people think I just freestyled the whole movie. Like, mm-hmm. it just, you winged everything, didn't you? Because that was just you. Mm-hmm. Like, no, he wrote, he wrote some really dope words. I just, he let me deliver it. In the way I, I only can. Yeah. Yeah. And, yeah. I mean, like it was uh, he was actually talking about that on still processing, I think, where he was just saying that, like, it's the sunken place itself is sort of like a mirror of being the experience of being black and watching a horror movie. And then, like, the first time that you see a black character show up on screen, you're like, damn, he's not going to make it out the first 15 minutes. I mean, think about that. Like, <laughs> how many movies have you seen where you you're basically in a sunken place. You're yelling, fam, get out. I remember watching, you remember that, that one screen where they kill Jada Pickett and, uh, and uh, my man in the beginning of the movie? Uh, See, people don't even remember that. It was in the movie theater. And she was getting stabbed and everybody thought it was a part of the movie. Um, God, Liam, oh, wait, man. What is the, what, who's the other character? No, I mean, like, listen. Okay, <laughs> Scream 2. It was Scream 2. Yes, that was one of the craziest beginnings of a movie. I, I was so heartbroken, but it's like, eh, eh, and everybody just laughing, like, ha, ha, it was a good time. <laughs> everybody like, should know that before we started rolling, he brought up Meteor Man, which came out in 1992. Yes. Um, An amazing movie. Which, I mean, like, I've seen it on, you know, like, it might have been on Stars, like, when I was at home during the summer when I was, Jeez, like, 12, man. and I watched, like, 30 minutes of it here, and then, like, 20 minutes. That I remember the kid with the blonde hair and the... There was a whole gang with bl- called the Golden Lords. They all had blonde hair, <laughs> and they was just notorious. They had the kid gang, they had the grown up gang, they had the teenagers part of the gangs. They had different sections of the gang, mm-hmm. and they ran the neighborhood. The little kids was beating up people. <laughs> it was it was insane, but it's like it's one of those, it's one of those nostalgic things you just enjoy. I love, like that movie was amazing to me. Like it's because it was it was Robert Townsend trying to show. The message was just showing the community that the community could step up and stand up for their own neighborhoods, right? Mm-hmm. That's what the whole point of the story is. You know, we, it was, I mean, we had to make a superhero because that's really the only way it's going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> Somebody touched some uh, green radioactive, radioactive stuff. stuff and become, yeah. I mean, Cosby's, I mean, well, I guess bring it up Cosby now, but he's in a movie and it's, all right, whatever, well, man. Yeah. <laughs> 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 okay, uh, so. A lot of people had like a, a, a very like because of that quality of the Rod Williams character being like from the audience's perspective. There's been like you are basically the only hero of the movie. It feels like. I mean, like, have you been? <laughs> I mean, it's funny because I like that's everybody says you the hero. You oh, there go the hero, yeah. What up, hero? You know. But I'm like, you know, this dude just had to kill all these people to get out of there. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it's just like the... I was the friend. It's, but that's interesting, too, because all Rod is is just a good friend, which it makes you think about, like, wait, I'm, 
man, how many people don't have legit good friends? Yeah, but I mean, like in in the sense that there are almost like Rod is probably the only person that you can just un- uncomplicatedly root for in the movie, just because even towards the end with everything that's happening to Chris, where, I mean, like, you're che- like everybody in the audience is cheering as he's killing everybody on the way out the house, and then even laughing up to the point where, she- where, where Allison Williams' character is just like, last, last gasp effort to just be like, I love you, and he's just like, okay. And then like, no. yeah, and then people are laughing then. I mean, it's but hilarious. But then it lingers, <laughs> and it feels like, it, there's this weird kind of like energy where it feels like a line is being crossed. Mm-hmm. Where it's just like they're like Rod is the only pure character. It feels like I guess. Yeah, it's is the Rod is if you think about it, is the only real person in his life. You know, he lost his mom. Mm-hmm. Uh, Chris lost his mom early. Mm-hmm. It's a very interesting thing where people take advantage of you, right? That's what. It's so many weird messages in this, which yeah. is why you know getting psych like getting help is a big thing. You know, and in, in the black community, you know, it's known that. We know we don't like to see therapy. That's just real talk. You know, people are like you just pray it off. You'll be okay. Sometimes like I need to talk to somebody, um, which is why she was able to take advantage of him because because he never dealt with it. As much as he said he was over it, he never dealt with it. Which is why every time they bring up his mom it was a nervous twitch or the reason why he probably smokes or whatever, mm-hmm. it's because he never dealt with it. And that's why she was able to use that and take advantage of him. And it happens all the time. It don't happen that deep into it, but it happens, which is why, like, I tell most actors and actresses, like, you know, you go to these general meetings and they want to know all this personal information about you. Mm-hmm. It ain't just because they want to get to know you. I feel like it's because, you know, they want to they have one over you. Like, you know, they know your weaknesses. So you feel like you're getting out of control and you ain't dealt with something, boom. Because, I mean, you see it, man. It happens to all types of stars. It's mm-hmm. not even just black stars. Like, uh, anybody. Anybody that knows too much stuff that you haven't dealt with, I'm telling you, anybody who has any type of power will use yeah, that can against, wield you. It against you. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think that it's. I wanted to say that one of the things that makes the movie so uniquely horrifying is because it plays on the idea of trust. Actually, Allison Davis wrote a Allison P. Davis, excuse me, wrote a piece about this on The Ringer. You should go check that out. But it's just basically how it plays on the idea of trust about how. Mm-hmm actually you're the only trustworthy person in the movie again <laughs> so it's just like you were saying just if you give too much of yourself away without really knowing that much about the other person like kind of like the turn heel where uh she um uh won't give him the keys is right. oh. <laughs> like the like the scene in jurassic world where the raptors turn on chris <laughs> pratt <laughs> <laughs> that's funny. Uh, yeah, that's real. Yeah, yeah. What you- I mean, that, that, which is why I like Rod so much is he just was a really confident guy, right? That's mm-hmm. a guy who knew who he, even though he was only a TSA agent, you saw he talked to, talk to the police. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, I mean, look, we got the same training, but, you know, because that's how confident he is mm-hmm. and whoever he is. You Pretty can't sure. trick him. That's just what it is. <laughs> um. About that police station scene, because I've actually, let me start here. You've seen the movie multiple times, correct? Yes, 12. 12 times. Mm-hmm. Wow. Okay. Because I got to go to screenings and stuff, yeah, man. Yeah. I mean, but like how many of those have been like just of your own volition? Let's go see this as six. a group. Six. About six times, yeah. I, yeah. I've seen it with different groups of friends. Yeah. Right. Because it's a fun, it's actually a fun outing to go see Get Out and then go hang out afterwards and just and talk. talk about it. Yeah. yeah. Um, 
but the, the, the quality, the, the attention to detail is so painstaking and so, like, granular. You keep noticing, like, small things mm-hmm. as the movie's going along. One of the last times I went to see it, I think I've seen it f- five times now, wow. actually. Um, just because it's, di- it's a different experience every time. Like, you notice, like, different things, like the way the audience interacts with it and, like, Mm-hmm. Even like small thematic things. Yes. But one of the most recent ones I went to when I went to see it was that police station scene, and I noticed for the first time that all the police officers were not white, and I wanted to know if there was any sort of significance to that, or That's if funny. you thought there was. <sighs> I'd never thought about it like that actually, and that's funny that you say that. Yeah, I mean, because I'm gonna tell you what I think the joke of them not taking him seriously, it feels better when it's not white cops laughing at a black dude saying this. Hmm. So I couldn't even get the black cops to believe me. (laughs) (laughs) You you know what I mean? Yeah. So it's, it's. See, that's why those things where I'm like, Jordan is, you don't throw the word genius out there like that. Mm-hmm. But it kind of is. I mean, just strategically, every little thing. I, I'm so proud of him, man, because, you know, sometimes people look at comedians like we just one thing. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, no, nah, some, some of the most smartest people I know are stand-up comics, actually. Yeah. I promise you. They like, it's, it's insane. Some of the most ignorant dudes who say the craziest stuff on stage, talking to them, these dudes are like, Dictionaries. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, wow. yeah, like it's just. That's crazy that you, but yeah, that's one of those. It feels like. so many little things in that every movie. Every smaller thing feels like it links to a larger thing. I even... just saw something that's crazy. What? So when Allison is in there eating the Cheerios, the milk, I've, and I've seen this once again 12 times, or 12 times only, that's when mm-hmm. I saw this. And I noticed in the, the, in the, on that back wall are all the pictures that he found. Uh, remember he was looking through the pictures of the boyfriends yeah. on that back wall. It's all those pictures. She framed all. She of framed her. all of them. It is sitting on her wall. And it was it, the way I noticed it was like, oh no, come on, <laughs> y'all are crazy. Oh man, that's insane to me. Yeah, even the, just the fact that like Chris eventually succeeds by using cotton, like that was that was unbelievable to me. <laughs> just so many little. Yeah. And uh, the the blind guy that ends up, uh, like, towards the end of the movie, when the, and I feel like spoilers are now a personal problem if you haven't seen this movie. It's a month out. You should really, you know, sort that out. At this point, yes. Um, There's this process called the coagula. He's sitting in a chair. And basically, it is having somebody else's personality transfixed onto yours to where you're just the body and they get to be the functioning person. Anyway... The guy that he is, the blind guy, he's talking about I couldn't care less about being more stylish or stronger or more athletic or whatever. I love that too. Exactly. He didn't care about he didn't care about him being black. He just wanted he legitimately wanted his eyes. Performance it's I felt like it was like the performative distancy thing, like where that couldn't possibly be me. Like, you know, mm-hmm. I'm not where the bar of where basically racist microaggressions are acknowledged is like extremely high mm-hmm. you know I mean it's so funny like with the cast right when we're, all of us are talking this is, first of all it's all of us like man you were great no but you were great is all that but mm-hmm. I like that each each character was so important right which mm-hmm. is why casting was 
It's, I, I just like when some, like, because it wasn't a big, you know, it wasn't a bunch of A-list people. Mm-hmm. He got exactly who can deliver these characters, who can give you the right, t- like, I mean, Betty Gabriel, she's great as Georgina. You know, it's at one point where you see her battling, they're battling each other, basically, like, no. You know, yeah. that's her telling the black girl, no, 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 yeah. no, no, no. no. <laughs> And that's her. It's just, it's just I mean, it's so just creepy and so great it's, at the same it's, time. Yeah, it's creepy. I remember I had to do ADR with her, so I saw the movie first, uh-huh. and we was doing ADR, and it was like the first ten seconds of me just looking at her, like, "You cool?" <laughs> 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 and she's a sweetheart, but she is an insanely talented actress, man. Mm-hmm. That, which is why you know, I mean, I, I appreciate people always showing love or whatever, but to do what her and Daniel and Allison did, just these. They were more like you know who I am from the beginning of the movie, right? Right. You you're just you're as the movie go on, you're seeing who they are. Yeah, you figure it like it starts out with like uh, Daniel Kaluuya's character Chris. It just seems like he's just so stoic and like not phased or moved. The needle doesn't move that far in either direction mm-hmm. for a large part of the movie, and then everything comes apart. Like and it's. It's just like, it's an interesting progression to see throughout the, because I mean, like, you're thinking about, mm, how is this going to work? And then it works perfectly. I mean, it's, I mean, I mean, Catherine, like, they all, I mean, she, she was so, like, masterful in this. Like, it was, a, it's something I noticed, and once again, sorry, anybody that ain't saw it, but come on, go see it. At one point, if you see it enough times and you know that the grandmother is Georgina, and and, the, and she's pouring the water. I remember she kept pouring and messed up. And then uh, the mother was like, why don't you go lay down? And in that scene, if you look at the dad, he's sad because she did just disrespect his mom. Mm-hmm. Right? And you could, if you watch it now, it's just like, George, you're like, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. Who are you talking to? This is my house. <laughs> okay. like, Guess what? We're trying to trap this black guy. So I'm gonna play it cool, but you don't talk. But you can, and then you can look at the dad face, looking disappointed, like he didn't like seeing his mom talk to like that. It is. Mm. I'll tell you, watch it. You start noticing everything. Very, very small things. Like, ah, that's crazy. Good acting. Yeah, it's just, I, <laughs> it's remarkable. It really is. Yeah. Um, so this movie was. Uh, you said that this was about. But what did, what about this movie do you think is what makes it so terrifying? I mean, like, is it is it primarily the trust thing, or is it because it's close to reality? No, racism is, is horrifying. It's just that simple. Like that's what this premise is. What about blood and guts? And racism is one of the scariest things. Scariest things in our world. True. This is very true. And craziness happens from that. I mean, that's, it's, it's literally just that simple, it's, it's, which is, I mean, Jordan is just a smart guy. <laughs> like, man, this ain't a horror film. Like, racism ain't horrific to you? Because it, it is. Yeah. Um, yeah, I mean, like, it's uh, the fact that it was written during the 2008 election, and then, like, the fact that it comes out in this different atmosphere, <laughs> like, just kind of amps up the atmospheric weirdness of it. It's just, like, it's just that weird prophetic timing. That yeah. just every once in a while, especially when it comes to arts and real life, 
it, it happens, and which is why, like, if anything, if anything, I'm proud of is is being a part of this classic movie because that's what it's gonna be, and it's that's the only thing that's kind of surreal about it. Mm-hmm. And I text Jordan all the time, like every few days, just like, man, this is remarkable. This is crazy, man. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's it's crazy. Yeah. Um, but you had said that there was an alternate ending to the movie. Yeah. Right. Mm-hmm. And there's at the end of that scene where Chris is choking Rose out in the middle of the street and the cop car pulls up. And I think that that is, in addition to when Bradley Whitford is talking about how they ran over a deer on the way home, mm-hmm. and it's so obvious that he's talking about minorities and not deer. <laughs> he's just like, I see a dead one on the side of the street and I think that's a start. And I'm just like, that's just extremely creepy. Um, I think that that moment right at the end of the movie is just kind of like, you're just pulling your hair out because you're like, oh, the cops are here and they're not going to understand. That's what Jordan is smart at. He knew... Man, look, we see enough of this, right, in the Mm -hmm. world and craziness. He just wanted to make people happy at the end. And I think that's why audiences lose it when they see, you know, me coming up. We need to see that, right? And... Look, man, a lot of people do stuff and it just end dark and you be stressed out at the movie or after you watch an episode or something. I think the genius is to do something like he did and it didn't feel corny. Mm. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And because that that the first ending to this movie was I remember shooting it and like all of us had to take a walk because it's 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 a it's darker and it's it's sad <laughs> you know what I mean like you because I I think that's how I booked this movie it wasn't because I was funny it was when I was able to deliver this last scene and that's the, one of the things we did at the callback it was we did a, you know the other stuff but that's easy for me to do riff be funny mm-hmm. but then when we did that last scene that's how I booked that movie it was I remember just the audition room just being silent and then just Jordan like yeah yeah man uh, thanks <laughs> And then I went outside. I was all messed up, and I had to, like, get my head back together or whatever. Because you got to put yourself in a place where you're, you know, you're trying to save your friend. And you can't. It's just so because and that's another thing. Even Rod's character, you're going you you to see because they're going to put it on a DVD. Mm-hmm. You're going to see the heart in that, too. But it's very sad. It's very sad, man. It's like, damn. Yeah. I, I mean, it already... I think people would have been in the theaters crying, man. Yeah, I and mean, like, I, or maybe got to a fight. A lot of things. <laughs> what you looking at? <laughs> just be waiting out, just waiting outside in the movie lobby, shirtless, ready to fight everybody. But this is why you got to watch. That. I, I'm glad they put it on the DVD so you can experience that scene in your own, you know, your own space. But you would recommend watching it earlier in the day to where you can actually well, go you know, outside so and walk around. If and, that was the only thing you see, because you've seen the original ending, right. you're, you're good. You mm-hmm. know. You got your ending that you needed to have, right? Mm-hmm. So this one, you're just watching because you're a fan of the movie. You're going to be like, damn. <laughs> well, all right. <laughs> um, what about, I mean, like with, with Split and and with Get Out, both of those kind of deal with, uh, I mean, and uh, It Follows and so on and so forth. It's just kind of like you're going to, do you think you're going to see more social thrillers like that, like a bumper crop of them in the, in the yeah, coming Jordan, months? Yeah, right? Jordan has like 
Well, he's told me about two more ideas, mm-hmm. um, but he got about four or five. And it's interesting to see what other people do too, right? Mm-hmm. If we're gonna see other filmmakers really go creative with it too, because we can go just one way. Like, I mean, Moon, like Moonlight's a great movie, right. you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. And it's not a social thriller, but it's just, a, it's, we have a lot of truth things happen, and I like that, in cinema and in television. And um, I think we're gonna see a lot more, especially from him though. And that's why I'm told him, whatever you want me to do, brother, I'm in it. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So. And which is why I'm I'm very grateful and blessed, man, to be able to do this movie, even to be on a Carmichael show. Where we talk about a bunch of things, and right. this season gonna be even crazy. It's already it's like very like Norman Learish, and, and it's and it's interesting how they all, the the way that they net. So the Carmichael show is a network comedy, yeah, and you navigate around very deftly around a lot of weighty issues like reproductive rights, gun control, police brutality. Um, there's one that deals with the election, and I think that the recent, the most recent news story I read about it was the fact that there is the n the n word is in the first episode seven times. Yeah, and I mean, like, I don't know. I'm just like, it's, I'm it's, to but that's the, the like, and what's going to be great about that episode is the conversation that's happening already between old and young. Mm-hmm. About is this word what the word means? What the word means is right. it? Should we get rid of it? Should can everybody say it now? Because the because the hip hop like it's a lot of and that conversation is happening in the show and that's yeah. what I love about the Carmichael show. Each character has their own opinion mm-hmm. and uh, that episode was it was fun to do because we do a lot to your audience they don't know what they're walking into right. You know what I mean? So I, every week I actually look forward to when we do the show. And like after the, maybe the first few scenes, the audience just start having their own conversation. Like, are they gonna really go there? <laughs> so I mean, in this episode, that's oh my god, that's gonna be it's it's gonna be crazy. And it's a couple. Look, man, we got a consent episode mm. this season that talks about you know what's that line? I mean, like you've also dealt with date rape in the past. Yeah, yeah, and this one, this one gets a, but see, it's a, it's a different subject though, right? It, it was is a different subject. More, the first was more or less Cosby than anything, right? And it was dealing with can you, you know, separate what a celebrity does in their work from their personal stuff. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And then we do that, but we pick and choose who we do that with. Yeah, the ethical compromises of hero it's, worship. It's yeah. it's because it's, it's, it's always I always had an argument with well, my homegirls who love R. Kelly, mm-hmm. and they hate Bill Cosby. I'm like. Yeah, but he had a tape. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's just like I, I mean, it's a lot of proof. I mean, because I can't. And let's look, man. I'm just I'm from Chicago. I keep 100. I don't care. I got a daughter. I can't listen to him because I don't know who he's singing to. Exactly. So all the songs I used to love, I'm like. Oh. I mean, then and also like when his most recent album came out, he was just like, I can't believe black people didn't support me. Like and then like because his album went double wood chip. And he was just like, I can't believe that y'all didn't do that. He's, it was very cowardly. Cause he's, but. I mean, and then you can't be cocky about it. Ain't yeah. cool neither. You know what I mean? So look, at least you ain't in jail and they not taking the stuff away. Ain't taking away nothing from you. You know, you know, Bill Cosby, everything has been stripped from him. Mm-hmm. I tell you, you're still selling out concerts. You all right, bro. <laughs> oh, man. Um, well, I appreciate you stopping by today to talk about Get Out and to talk about the upcoming season of The Carmichael Show, which premieres on May 31st. 31st. Yeah. Um, everybody should go watch that. Also, go read 
both Cam Collins and Allison P. Davis's pieces about Get Out on TheRinger.com. This is Micah Peters. I'm a staff writer with Ringer. And again, this is Lil Rel Howard. Thanks for coming by. See ya. Thank you, man.